Galatians 3 and 2 says this. Galatians 3 3 is the summary of the book of Galatians. If you want to know what is, what is Paul's thesis statement, it is in Galatians 3 3. Verse 2 says, This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? The book of Jeremiah, if I can find this scripture really quickly. I didn't give it to him upstairs. I'm sorry, Isaiah 55 and 6. I'll just read it to you. It says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let's lift our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, let Your precious Holy Spirit direct everything that we say and everything that we do in this service from here until we dismiss. I pray, God, everything would be ordained and ordered of the Lord. I pray, God, that You'll anoint us to hear what the Spirit would say. Speak to us and through us. And God, I pray that You would manifest Yourself among us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be done today. And everyone shout, Amen. In the name of Jesus, you can be seated today. I am not planning to preach long, but I do have a burden to share with you today. The Bible says in Galatians, as the Apostle wrote to the Galatian church, he said, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? How many understand that when you come into the church, you come in by the baptism of the Holy Ghost? When you enter the church, when you become part, the Bible says that we are baptized by one Spirit. Everybody say, one Spirit. One spirit. By one Spirit into one body. That makes the church not a club, not an organization, not a, not a group. It makes it a spiritual body. That means that it doesn't matter how many preacher's hands that you shake, how many cards that you fill out. It doesn't matter if you sign on to a doctrinal statement or, or whatever. Uh, it, it doesn't matter when you send your tithe or, 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 or any of those things. It's not, a, it's not a board. It's not a preacher. It's not any human being that decides who is in the church of the living God. But God baptizes us with His Spirit and stamps us and seals us with that Spirit from heaven and says, you are now part of my he said it's the spirit of adoption I want to preach to us today we have got to have the Holy Ghost among us we have got to have a dependence on the Holy Ghost we cannot rely on the flesh we can't rely I, I know uh, uh, Brother Anderson was playing the keyboard. Sister Meredith, she was playing the keyboard. These wonderful singers were singing and they are talented. They have practiced. They've, they've done all those things. And that's wonderful. That's marvelous. But without the presence of God, it's just a concert. Without the presence and the anointing of God, it's just a talent show. It's just a song. Brother Pat, I don't ever want to have a song service. I want to have a worship service. I want to have a time of praise because, Brother Josh, we've got to have the praise that God will inhabit in our midst. We've got to have the Holy Ghost moving. 
I want to talk to people that you may be worn out. You may be distracted. You may be dealing with all kinds of circumstances to the left, to the right, in front of you and behind you. You may feel like you're overwhelmed and near to being overcome. I want you to know your strength and your sufficiency is not in yourself. It is not in any scheme you can come up with. Your strength and sufficiency isn't in any government program. It's not in anybody's idea. Your strength and sufficiency is in the Holy Ghost. Yes. We gotta have it. That's right. Oh God. That's right. Jesus said, "Without me, you can do nothing." We've gotta have the Holy Ghost. If you read uh, in the Gospels, uh, we find out what the purpose of Jesus' coming was. The ultimate purpose of Jesus' coming was not just to hang on a cross, but John the Baptist who paid the way for Jesus Christ tells us the ultimate purpose of Jesus whenever He said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I baptize you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In other words, John said, I'm the water baptizer, but He is the Holy Ghost baptizer. That was His ultimate purpose was to come and to fill humanity with Himself. we got to have the Spirit. The Spirit is the... Let me, let me lay this on you. The Spirit is the only God in the church. If we're going to have God in the church, it's because it's His Spirit that is amongst us. The Word is a revelation of God and we need His Word. But the Spirit is God. We've got to have that Spirit. When we come together as a group, as a, as a body, as an individual, or as I'm sorry, as a local assembly, we've got to have the moving of the Spirit. There should be no such thing as a dry, dead Bible study. There should be no such... I'm going to tell you this. I believe this with everything that's within me. If we are Spirit-led, it can be a Bible study, but God's Spirit's going to show up in the midst. I don't think there should be any such thing as just normal, run-of-the-mill, regular church. I think every time we come together, there's a, there should be an expectation of spiritual manifestation in our midst. We should have an expectation that God's going to do something. I'm not nearly as concerned about what's the fire starter going to be. What's Brother Josh going to preach? What's Brother Matt, Brother Pat? What's Pastor going to preach? What are we going to do? I'm more concerned about what's God going to do today. Because God, I need what you're going to do today. I wish somebody would clap your hands and love Him for a minute. Because God, we need you. It's not enough to have an eloquent sermon. And I'll just... Right. Can, I, can I pat Brother Josh on the back for a minute? I, I want to tell you what I did to him. I just let him know a few hours ago, I want you to do the fire starter this morning. Yeah. Because sometimes, Brother John, we can get too relaxed or we can get too uh, rehearsed. We can have, as a preacher, let me talk to the preachers for a minute. We can have everything down pat. We can have all our notes in a line. and We can have everything rehearsed the way that we think we want it to go. And we don't give God an opportunity to move. My notes are not my concern. His presence is my concern. We've got to have His presence. And by the way, didn't Brother Josh do a good job flowing in the presence of God today? Amen. Oh, 
Let me tell you what the Apostle Paul's desire for a, what we would call a quote-unquote church service would be. Romans 1 and 11, he's writing to the church at Rome whom he had never visited. But he said, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. Don't misread what I am saying. I am all for Bible study and we need to be grounded and rooted in the Word. Somebody say amen. Amen. We need to love the Word. We need to love the truth. We need to buy the truth and sell it not. We've got to be grounded in the Word. But the Word all by itself only is the ministration of death. We've got to have the Spirit which is the ministry of life. And Paul said, when I come, I want to impart something spiritual to you. Whenever we come together in a church service, there needs to be a spiritual impartation. I have come today either to receive something or to impart part something from the presence of God. And that's not just me. It ought to be everybody in this building. I have either come to be imparted to or to impart something. I'm not here just so Sister Judy can check my name off a list. I'm not here just out of habit. I'm not here. I've got an expectation that something spiritual is going to happen in the house of God. Amen. Amen. He says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. It's that Spirit that comes on the inside of us and works in us day by day. But it takes a response. Brother Josh, it takes a response. My grandma, I, I loved her cooking. Anybody have a grandma like that? Yeah. Brother Ben, I don't know how she do it. She take, she take a half a bone and some flour and grease. Man, that was good. I don't know where it came from. That was good stuff. Oh, oh I'm, I'm feeling something in the spirit right now. But she'd make cream corn, some homemade biscuits, mm, chicken and dumplings. Oh, Oh, where's that organ hat now? I'm really preaching now. Chicken and dumplings. Ooh, and she, she has some coleslaw on the side there. I don't, I don't know why we always had coleslaw with chicken and dumplings, but we did, and I thank Jesus for it. But you know what? It, oh, didn't that kitchen smell good? You walk in. I, did, did anybody else have a grandma like this? Every time you walk in grandma's house, it smelled like food. I don't know, it smelled like cookies, it smelled like cake, it smelled like, what you know, chicken and dumplings, it smelled like something, yeah, it, the marriage supper of the lamb is going to happen, just right over, over here in a little bit, and she'd cook all that stuff up, and my grandma, she was, uh, if she had, if she said, we're going to have Sunday dinner at 1 o'clock, that meant if you got there at 12.55, you were late. Anybody else have a grandma like that? I went to pick her up for a doctor's appointment one time. We had to be, I don't want to give you all the details because it would be a long story. But I needed to pick her up at like 8 o'clock and at 7.30. She said, where are you at? My grandma, we don't have to leave for another 30 minutes. I only live 15 minutes away. Why do I need to be here already? 
if you got there at 12.55 for 1 o'clock dinner, you were late. And all that stuff's laid out there, the pan of biscuits and, and, and all that good stuff. But you know what? It smelled good. It looked good. But if you didn't go grab it yourself, you were going to go home hungry. And we can come into the church of the living God and it sounds good. There's a, there's a spiritual fragrance that's going on. But if I just sit back and don't go grab something for myself, I'm going to leave here hungry. I want to preach to somebody. you got to get up off of your spiritual couch, lift your hands in the air, and say, Jesus, I'm hungry. Jesus, I'm thirsty. Jesus... I don't want to leave here the way that I came, but impart something. I need a spiritual refreshing. I need a spiritual renewing. God, I've been out here. I've been slogging through my week, and the world has tried to beat me down. I need you to lift me up. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here. We need the rest of the Holy Ghost. We need the strength of the Holy Ghost. I got so much notes here. Sit down for a minute. I do want to tell you a few things. It is possible for us to become spiritually dehydrated. It's possible for us to become spiritually on empty. I've had, I've had vehicles that that got 12 miles to the gallon, I've had vehicles that get 33 miles to the gallon. But it didn't matter what they got to the gallon, they all had to be refilled. I, got, I had a Ford Escort, five-speed, two-liter Ford Escort. Brother Brad, I was working in Mount Hope. I'd, I'd kick it in neutral at, at, uh, uh, at uh, what's the name of that place? Leyland. Top of the hill at Leyland. I could coast all the way to the river. I got really good fuel mileage then. It's cruising, man. But you know what? It still had to be refilled periodically or it was not going to get me where I needed to go. This body and this spirit better be refilled periodically or it's not going to get us to where we need to go. It's like... The angel said to Elijah, you better eat, you better drink because the journey is too great for you. And we can become spiritually depleted, spiritually dehydrated. I was talking to a friend of mine. He was in the military. Uh, I think he was in Saudi Arabia, Brother Brad. And it was like 113 degrees. Aren't y'all thankful for fall weather? Anybody here thankful for... Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad that the Lord let us live in a state that has four seasons. Lord, if you want me to go to the equator, I'll do it. But I sure do love the crackle of leaves under my feet and the cool breeze. This brother, he said, we were in Saudi Arabia in the military. He said, we, we were required... Uh, or he said, whenever we slept, it's just, it was just hot. There's no way to get away. When it's 113 degrees, you can't get away from hot. He said, we would go to sleep on our cots, and we'd get up in the morning. You could see where the sweat had poured out of our body and through the cot and had dripped on the floor underneath our cot. And he said, because it was so hot, they put us on a water ration, which we think, whenever we hear the word ration, we think cut back. But they actually, uh, they actually 
required them to drink so much water. He said, we were required to drink 28 canteens of water a day. I figured that up at one time. I think that's seven gallons. They're required to drink seven gallons of water a day because they, they, it was so hot. The, the environment was just so bad. It pulled the strength out of them. It pulled the hydration out of them. And we live in a world that is bad and getting worse. And it pulls the strength out of us. It pulls the source of our strength. It pulls that, that strength out of us. That uh, It wants to destroy us. That's why I've come to preach to you today. We've got to have a renewing and a refilling of the Holy Ghost. We cannot afford to be spiritually dehydrated. Uh, let, let me just throw a few things at you. And I, I told you I didn't intend to preach long. But here's some symptoms of dehydration. One symptom of dehydration, duh, is increased thirst. Well, that doesn't make sense, doesn't it? And if you're dehydrated, you, it's a natural response of your body to want to drink some water. Or some sweet tea. Man, I'm back at Granny's house again, I'm sorry. It's an increased thirst. But here's how that plays out spiritually in our lives is if we become spiritually depleted, and spiritually dehydrated, we have a thirst for something. And if we don't drink the right thing, we'll get a hold of something that we should not be. We'll have a thirst for things of this world. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, Jesus said, shall never thirst again. Read the original Greek and you can check me out on this. The parsing of those verbs and the way that it's laid out, it should read this way. Whosoever drinks of the water that I give shall never thirst of this world again. When we get the, re- <laughs> when we get the good stuff, it makes the world pale in comparison. So we need to stay full of the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, worldly stuff, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. If you're not spiritually hydrated, you're going to find yourself with a desire for things of this world. It's a warning sign. That's your body's warning sign. When you're thirsty, I need to get a drink. When you feel yourself being attracted to things of this world, that's a spiritual warning sign. I need to get a drink. Second is fatigue. When you're dehydrated, you become fatigued. When we are spiritually dehydrated, we become spiritually fatigued. We feel like sometimes we can feel like throwing in the towel. Sometimes we can feel like I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like doing, I don't feel like being spiritual. Why? Because you become spiritually depleted. We've got to be refilled and refilled and refilled. Just picture that gas gauge, brother Ben, on on that on that Toyota of yours. Lord bless him. It's got to go back over to F. It's got to go back over to F. My grandpa taught his kids. He said, when you park a car for the night, make sure that the gas gauge 
is never below a quarter tank. Because you never know what's going to happen that you need to go someplace in the middle of the night and there's not a gas station open. We never need to get our spiritual gas tank under a quarter tank because you never know what's going to happen. That you need... I need some strength from heaven right now. I need something from God right... I, I, I got to pray for a baby right now and I, I, need, I need to make sure that my tank isn't empty in the middle of the night. Amen. God, help us not to allow our spiritual tanks to go... Uh, let, let, me, let, me, let me just tell you a couple other things. When you become severely dehydrated, uh, it causes confusion and irritability. It causes sleepiness. In other words, it affects your brain whenever you become dehydrated naturally. What well, affects your brain when you become spiritually dehydrated? And all of a sudden, uh, you start thinking wrong about things. You become... Lift your hands right now. Father, I love you. God, open my mind to understand. God, open my mind to understand. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Why is it, Brother Pat, that before somebody backslides, you can find it in their tithing record? Because their thinking got messed up. They were spiritually dehydrated long before you saw the effects on the outside. Why? Why is it that, that before somebody leaves and doesn't come back again that you can watch it in their worship and all of a sudden they're not leaping for God like they used to. They're not singing unto the Lord but they got their mouths shut. Why is it that they're not worshiping? Something happened. They were spiritually dehydrated. And God is trying to tell us today... Don't run around on empty. Amen. Jesus. I need you to lift your hands again. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I could tell you that, that drinking enough water flushes toxins out of your system. And drinking enough spiritual water will flush stinking thinking out of your system. It'll flush bad attitudes out of your system. It'll, flu- it'll flush anger and lust and all the works of the flesh out of your system. Back to the book of Galatians. He said the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These two are the contrary one to the other. And if you want to do the will of God, you better be full of the spirit or you're going to end up full of the flesh. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, uncleanness. I can't name them all. Idolatry, witchcraft hatred, variance, emulations, and such the like, that if you don't say, yep. stay full of this... Yeah. All right, got to stop here. Yep. i got I to tell you, this is the summation yep. of the book of Galatians. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect through the flesh? You are baptized into the body through the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you attempt to live for God through the power of the flesh you will end up with the works of the flesh. You'll end up with division and strife and pride and arrogance. 
You'll end up with envy in your spirit. You'll end up uh, looking at things you shouldn't look at and thinking about things you shouldn't think about and doing things that you shouldn't do because you tried to live for God without God's help. Because i got to have the Holy Ghost. Yes. I'm going to close. You can stand to your feet. I'm going to repeat what I said at the beginning and that is this is not a club. This is not just some organization. It's a supernatural body and we've got yes. to have the Spirit flowing through us. Yes. In the name of Jesus. If the praise team would come at this time, I, I want us to sing that song, the, uh, the, the last song that you sung, song number two. Because there's a verse in there that says, show me one thing He can't do. Show me mountains He can't move. Now I want you to pause for a second because I can show you things that you can't do and I can show you things, I can show you mountains that you can't move. I can show you breakthroughs that you can't make happen on your own. But I know a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But we've got to be in the Spirit. John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Seek the Lord while He can be found. Call upon Him while He is near. The greatest weapon against physical dehydration is get a drink whenever you got an opportunity. And the greatest defense against spiritual dehydration is get a drink whenever you have opportunity. Brother Josh, respond to the presence of the Most High God because where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. They're going to sing this song. I wish you'd throw your hands in the air and begin out of, out of the sincerity of your heart. Begin to give Him praise and thanksgiving. God, I love you. I'm so thankful that you're a God above everything in my world. I'm so thankful that you're a God that loves me. I'm so thankful that you're a God that lives and sheds your blood so I can live too.